Hey guys, it's Sylvie from Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. You're listening to my guys, Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines. Chad, another special edition of the Friendly Confines. And this week, very special with Hall of Famer Marv Weaving. It's so cool that we get to talk to all the people we get to talk to. And Marv Levy, 95 years old, sharp as a tack, Chicago native. Rhino, this was a fun interview. It really was. And you hit it right on the head. And we caught him at the perfect time because it was right when the Buffalo Bills, his former team, was about to play in the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Unfortunately, they lost that game. But Marv... You could tell how excited he was for the Bills to get to the AFC Championship for the first time since he was the head coach back in the 90s. So maybe the Bills are just knocking at the door. He also talks about how he was at Game 7 of the 1945 World Series, Chad. Amazing. Amazing. Unbelievable. Yeah, such great stories. Uh, you know, and, and most people didn't realize this, but Marv actually was head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. So we actually asked him to to pick the team. He was very diplomatic about it. But yeah, I mean, for him to say, came back from fighting in World War II and w- stood in line because, you know, the Cubs were in the World Series. He wanted to see him win. And oh yeah, by the way, he also wrote a, he's a prolific author and he actually wrote a kid's book called Go Cubs Go. So many great things to talk about uh, with Marv. I just love this interview, Ryan. So without any further ado, here is our interview with Hall of Fame coach, Marv Levy. Before we talk about the Cubs coach, we got to talk about the Buffalo Bills. This is great timing that we're having you on. They're in the AFC Championship for the first time since 1994 when you were the head coach and you led the team to their fourth consecutive Super Bowl. And ironically enough, they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs, the team you beat to get to the 1994 Super Bowl. So I know you've uh, sent notes to Sean McDermott uh, last week to congratulate him and chat with him. I'd just love to know first what your impressions are of this Buffalo Bills team and what you said to Coach McDermott after they won last week to get to the AFC Championship. Well, uh, when I was no longer a Bills coach, I became a Bills fan. Mm. I followed them closely over the years. And when they hired Sean McDermott, I thought they were making a great, great move. Sean and I have communicated on several occasions. He's asked for a little bit of advice uh, sometime, but he's, he's doing 98% of it on his own. I think the world of him, I'll, I'll expand a little bit. Way back in my earlier coaching years, I coached for five years at the College of William & Mary, and those were the most outstanding student athletes you can imagine. They really personified it. And Sean is a graduate of the College of William & Mary. That makes me even more uh, supportive. Also, the Buffalo Bills fans, I don't mean to insult anybody, but there's no one else like them. They were so supportive. They were so uh, meaningful in inspiring our teams to fight our way back into the Super Bowls, even though we had lost the previous one. 
Coach, you kind of alluded to it. How much would it mean to the city of Buffalo to win a Super Bowl with, like you said, arguably the, the best fans in football? What, what would that city look like if the Bills ended up winning the Super Bowl finally? Oh, boy. I tell you, I don't think I'd want to go there. <laughs> I think the celebrations <laughs> would be would be right. No, they, they weren't destructive fans. I'm only kidding on that. No, Buffalo would be just uh, so so immersed. And it's not just Buffalo. Uh, all that western, northern part of, of New York, tremendous supporters, and many people, I bet about 20% of our fans flocked across the border from Canada and came down to support us as well. You know, Coach, this is Chad here, and it's, it's so hard to repeat. It's so hard for a team to, to, to go back to the Super Bowl. I am always in awe of, of what your teams did, um, even though you never could take down the crown. But to make it to four straight Super Bowls, when you reflect on your career, I know it's got to be disappointing you didn't lift the trophy, but to do it four straight times, I'm not sure we'll ever see that done again. What do you think? Uh, I think it, it's very – you never know – but it sure would be a tremendously difficult road to, to, to travel. And uh, part of the reason, the day I was hired, sitting in the office of our team owner, a wonderful man, Ralph Wilson, with our general manager, one of my best friends ever, Bill Polian, we made, a, we made uh, an agreement that we would bring onto our team only players of high character. Now, Their personalities might differ. Some might be extroverts. Some might be more reserved. But did they not blame their teammates? Did they bounce back from from, uh, defeat? Were they good citizens? And that's that's a big part of the reason, beyond their wonderful playing ability, why we were able to get back to those bowls, even after the crushing disappointment of losing one. Coach, let's shift gears. Let's talk about the Cubs and your connection to Cubs baseball. You've been a longtime diehard Cubs fan. I know you were at the 1945 World Series. First, how did you become a Cubs fan? And two, what are your memories of that 1945 World Series when you went to the games uh, when you were younger? Well, uh, I, I grew up in Chicago. My father had been an outstanding high schooler. He was picked as the uh, outstanding basketball player in the city of Chicago in his his youth, fought in the Marines during World War I, uh, a great father for me to have. But he was a tremendous Cubs fan, and he, he uh, and because of him, it spilled over onto me. Then you could buy bleach seats for five And uh, so even during the Depression, so we'd go to the Cubs games. We'd listen to it on the radio. There was no TV at that time. And then uh, finally, uh, the the Cubs uh, uh, had had won had had won the pennant in 1929. I was four years old. They won it in 1932. They won it in 1935. They won it in 1938. But they didn't win the World Series. Mm-hmm. They lost in the World Series. Well, World War II began. I was in service in the Army Air Corps. In 1945, uh, the war had just ended in April of ni- in August of 1945. I was home on furlough. So was a high school friend and teammate of mine. And um, the Cubs won the sixth game of the World Series. Everybody flocked over to Wrigley Field to stand in line. The line was out of sight. 
but the Cubs administration came through and they moved everybody in uniform. We still hadn't been discharged yet up to the front of the line, and we got tickets to the seventh game of the 1945 World Series. It had been since 1908 that the Cubs had won a World Series before, and um, the Cubs, came, they barely lost the game. And so as we were filing out of the stadium, my good friend that was with me, Herb Melnick, started to wait till next year. <laughs> and that's what the Cubs have been saying all those many years until 2016 finally came, and they did win the World Series. And they had invited me back to lead the singing of the Star Spangled Banner at that game, uh, which I did. And uh, so I've rambled on, but at least that's the, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. That is a, that is a great story. And, Coach, thank you so much for your service. Uh, so let's talk about that, that 2016 uh, season and that 2016 win. What did winning the World Series, what did that mean for you? I mean, you've obviously you just talked about your Cubs resume. It's, it's longer than most. What did that win mean for you? Um, how did it feel? And, 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 uh, and, and just tell us what your emotions were if you could think back to 2016. Well, no, it just followed the series closely. Uh, as I say, the Cubs had invited me. Uh, to one of the games I was there, um, and uh, it was just a, a wonderful time here in Chicago. Uh, Chicago is really a great city I grew up in, and like when I moved back to it after I retired, it has its bad points, but it has its great points. And it was so the, the town was so wonderful. There wasn't any rioting or anything of that nature. Just magnificent celebrations going on, and. Um, over the years, by the way, I had gotten to know very well uh, the legendary Cub announcer, Harry Carey. And Harry has a restaurant where there are a lot of former sports figures who are part owners, and they asked me to join, which I did. Guys like Bob Costas, Ryan Sandberg, a great Cub player, all became friends. But that day, that day and that time in Chicago was a lot of celebration. But not, not no rioting, not, no breaking into places. That makes it even more enjoyable. Yeah. Coach, do you have any good Harry Carey stories of your time together with him when you guys uh, would maybe hang out for, uh, occasionally? Anything that comes to mind? Well, uh, I'll tell you how I first met him. Uh, I was coaching the Bills. It was the off season. I was back in Chicago with my wife, and we went to the Harry Carey's restaurant in Chicago. They brought us in. We sat over at a table with somewhat in the corner, and um, uh, I ordered a glass of wine. And a little bit later, the waiter came over and said, uh, that man over there said that he wants to buy another glass of wine. I looked at him. I didn't know who. I said, who is he? He said, that's Harry Carey. <laughs> so uh, after dinner, my wife and I went over and sat with Harry and his wife, Dutchie. We got to know him. We met him on many occasions. Dutchie is still a friend of ours. And uh, we later, I said, became part owner. But Harry was a wonderful, cordial guy and uh, still renowned here in Chicago. So, Coach, how, uh, you know, after the 2016 season, the, the Cubs have been playing on, how, how closely do you follow the team? Do you get to go to Wrigley? Do you have any fun memories of your time at Wrigley that, that aren't associated with the World Series? Well, I uh, went many times when I was younger. Um, I don't go back a lot. Now you can see it on TV and all of that. And uh, the Cubs, you know, I still follow the Cubs. Uh, when you're 
when you're a little bit younger than I, I guess you're a more avid fan. But I, I'm still for them. I pull for them. And, uh, and I pull for them because I'm pulling for the people in Chicago as yeah. well. Coach, is there any symmetry? I'm thinking about this when you answered your question uh, about the memories you had from, you know, 1945 on. Is there any symmetry in your mind between the Buffalo Bills and the Chicago Cubs when it comes to just waiting patiently for that championship like Cub fans have and now how Buffalo Bills fans have been so close and are waiting for that moment as well? Well, I think you can draw parallels, but uh, every game is different, and uh, fans are fans, and and the game is important uh, because of three components. The participants, of course, the fans who make it that way, and the media that conveys it. So I have respect for all three. Coach, when you think about about leadership, I I love what you said earlier. about high character players and just ensuring that 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 you wanted to coach the the guys that you were able to coach and not everybody has that ability it seems at times they haven't they aren't able to take that stand but when you think of leadership when you think of coaching when you think of your role in shaping men and and drawing up game plans what is the one memory you have as a hall of fame coach what do you think back when you when you think about the opportunity you've had and and uh and and how you're able to impart that wisdom in your you know You've had such great success. How do you think you were able to do that? Well, I I was fortunate in that I was able to play and later associate with some great coaches who exemplified what a coaching life should be. My high school football coach, Nate Wasserman, was great. Then in college, Dick Clawson, my college coach, who after I graduated and went off to Harvard Law School, said, if you ever want to coach, you got a job with me, Marv, and that's what I did. I went back. What a leader he was. Later, a great athletic director at, at uh, University of Arizona, he was. And then I got to know, as in my young years, a coach from the University of Oklahoma named Bud Wilkinson. And, again, he captured what a coach should be like, a good teacher, high character. There are coaches with high character. There are coaches with questionable character, I realize. That that's true in almost every field, but uh, uh, I, I was fortunate to know uh, many of the greats and to associate with them, and then become an assistant in the pros with George Allen, and what a remarkable man he was, uh, George, and I, I learned so much from him. We're talking with Coach Marv Levy, the Hall of Fame coach, former Buffalo Bills head coach, giving us some time here on the Friendly Confines podcast. Uh, Coach, you wrote this wonderful children's book called Go Cubs Go. It's available. Uh, You can find it where uh, online uh, sales are available, Barnes & Noble, Amazon as well. Tell me how this all came about and how you decided to create this book. It it, it looks like a a wonderful uh, book idea for anybody who's a young Cubs fan. Well, (laughs) I had written uh, another sports book, uh, and and I'm – getting a blank. I can't remember the name of the company. It comes out of, out of Kansas city. Uh, another sports book. It was a memoir, mostly football oriented. Where else would you rather be than uh, right here, right now? Uh, and the, the, uh, manager of that company, the superintendent called me after the Cubs won the game, knew I was a Cubs fan, heard I was at the game, asked me if I'd write this children's book. 
uh, about the Cubs, and I, it was a lot of fun. I said, of course, I'll give it a shot. And so I wrote it, Go Cubs Go is, is the name of it, and uh, it's, you know, total fiction, but it's <laughs> about the Cubs, about the Cubs, not, not, not the Cubs winning is in fiction, but uh, the characters in the book are. Coach, time for Pretty just cool. a... A couple, couple more questions. Uh, um, so, as as you, uh, I, I believe you're 95 years old, and you're still, uh, you're still out there and and uh, and very active. Uh, I think about like how you spend your time. Um, how special is it when you do get together with your th- those former Bills teams when you and you get together for the Hall of Fame celebrations? What does that those those memories and moments mean to you? Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, no, I. Ha- I'm very fortunate. I have some great memories. I have great family, uh, great friends. Uh, I, I, I'm a very, I, I'm so grateful for the life I've been able to lead. Um, and uh, I, I love reunions of all types. Going to the Hall of Fame, I've, I've sat there at the Hall of Fame and I've looked around. And I said, my gosh, am I really here? I look around. And I see guys that uh, even even that preceded me. There's, the Sid Luckmans and Jim Browns and those guys. And uh, I got to know Bronco Nagurski, a great Bears player from many years ago. And since I've gotten to know his his son, his grandson and their family. No, it, it, uh, I, I've been very fortunate uh, along the way and uh, uh, in, in every respect. Coach, we'll, uh, we'll leave you with this. We, we mentioned you're, you're 95, but you are, absolutely amazing i mean you're sharp as a tack you are active as we mentioned my my question is this what's the secret coach how do you how do you maintain such this great active lifestyle at 95 you know being able to continue to you know work, move ahead as great as you have tell us because i want to know what the secret is how you've uh, managed such great longevity all these years the biggest part is, uh, is finding the right people with whom to associate Begins with family, my dear wife, Franny, my darling daughter, uh, the people I worked with in the game, uh, knowing the difference between those who were high character and those who weren't, uh, working for guys like George Allen, um, and uh, having parents like I had. I learned to exercise. I continued to exercise. Um, so, uh, and, I've, and I've been fortunate. Exercise is an important part of it. Diet's an important part of it. And being on, staying honest, which I hope I have. I won't say I've never told a lie in my life. That would be a lie. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, I can ramble on, but uh, that pretty much uh, covers it. I love it. And well, Coach, Coach, I'm going to ask you one yeah. question, put you on the spot here. What's your prediction for this Sunday's AFC Championship game? I predict that the team that scores the most points will win the game. <laughs> he's he's good. Like you know, he coached both teams. Jeff. I know. The Chiefs I know. Too, so you know, he's he's got to play yeah, it I fair co- on both sides. Yeah, I coached both teams. It was much longer in Buffalo and with greater success in Buffalo. But I, I enjoyed my years in Kansas City. The fans there were great. In fact, after five years, and there was a a bad year there, someone within the Bills organization undermined me. And uh, got to, to Lamar Hunt, our, our wonderful owner, and Lamar let me go. And then three Kansas, City. Kansas in Kansas City, this right, is right, all right, happening. Right. My wife just corrected me. 
Which he always does. Okay. <laughs> and anyway, after Lamar fired me about um, uh, several years later, Bill Pullion, the general manager, wanted to hire me. Ralph Ralphson didn't know much. He called Lamar Hunt to ask him about me. And Lamar said, I made a big mistake when I fired him. And Ralph hired me. And so I, I, I have high regard for both Lamar Hunt and Ralph Wilson. Great man. Well, Coach, we can't thank you enough. We have such high regard for you for being so kind to come on our podcast. It is really an honor and a pleasure. And listen, we wish you continued good health. Please stay safe during this pandemic. Hopefully you get the vaccine soon. If, you're not, if you haven't gotten it already, we would love to have you back on our program in the near future if you're available. But thanks for taking some time with us here on the seventh inning stretch of the Friendly Confines. It was a real pleasure to talk to you. It's my pleasure. By all means, thanks for your kind words. Seventh inning stretch, friendly confines. It resonates with me. Thank you. Hi, it's Wayne Mesmer. You're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines podcast. Well, that was a lot of fun, Chad. And as I said, I really hope that I can live as long as he has. And not only that, to be as sharp as he is, still going strong. Yeah, I was I was talking to a friend uh, and just said I would like remortgage the house and like just and pay off a debt basically of saying you will be this just you'll be on fire at 95 like Marvel. I mean, he is just he's everything you want to be a picture of health and and just just as you said, sharp as attack, just great stories. Um, can't wait to talk to Marv again. What a great interview. Man's in his prime, that's for sure. He could probably still yeah, coach he if he wanted to. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, the interviews don't stop there, Chad, because next week we have our full interview with Wayne Mesmer. Of course, Wayne, the longtime voice of the Chicago Cubs, always singing, uh, you know, the uh, Star Spangled Banner, and he would do that for both the Cubs and the White Sox and the Blackhawks for many, many years. Chad, you got the opportunity to have a really great conversation with him. So we're very excited about that. Absolutely. And he was on the forefront, one of the uh, uh, managing partners that started the Chicago Wolves, which really um, put the Blackhawks on notice that they have to teach, you know, to take care of their fans a little bit more. But yeah, you know, what I remember about Wayne and we're going to we're going to hear the full interview um, next week. You'll hear a snippet of it during our, our other episode this week on the podcast is, you know, I would rush home. And, you know, Wayne would be the on-field PA announcer. So, I mean, Wayne was, was, uh, has been a part of my childhood and, and, and as a season ticket holder, when him and his wife Kathleen come out or he comes out solo and sings the anthem or comes in during the seventh inning and sings God Bless America, it's, it's just you're at Wrigley. And, it's, and he respects it. He has so many great stories. So can't wait. Make sure you tune in next week for that. And a little bit of a tease. We'll say it here. We have a huge guest coming up in the next couple of weeks. ESPN personality from Pardon the Interruption, Michael Wilbon, is going to be Huge. joining us. An unabashed Cubs fan. I've been working on this for over a year. Yeah. So I'm so happy and excited we finally are able to get Michael Wilbon on our podcast chat. You know so. who gets bigger? You know who gets bigger guests than us? Mark Silverman on his radio show on ESPN 1000. In terms of a podcast, It'd be hard pressed for our roster to be beaten by anybody else's Cubs podcast roster. We bring the biggest guest. It's so much fun. It's such a pleasure talking to these Titans. Absolutely is. So with that, that is going to wrap things up on this special edition 
of the friendly confines. Our thanks to Marv Levy. We'll talk to you next time, everybody. Have a good one. See you at the ballpark. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game. For I've seen other teams and it's never the same When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're afield The first time you walk into Wrigley Field Hey everybody, this is Ryan Dempster and you're listening to Chad and Ryan on the Friendly Confines Podcast Hey everyone, I'm Chad Gordon. And I'm Ryan Lieber. We're the hosts of the Friendly Confines podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest Cubs news from the fans' perspective with some of the biggest names in sports. Joe Buck, welcome to the Friendly Confines with Chad and Ryan. Yeah, oh my God, I'm happy to do it. Pat Hughes, welcome to the seventh inning. Happy to be here, Chad. It is Len Casper. You got it, Ryan. Chad, happy to be with you guys. The Hawk, Andre Dossett. What a smartest thing, I'm doing fine, thank you. We're also excited to bring you new episodes as part of the Barroom Network. So if you're a Cubs fan or even just a baseball fan, be sure to check out the Friendly Confines podcast every week on the Barroom Network. <laughs> <laughs>